there's really only one place to stand in this story. And that is that Israel is God's beloved people. After all that has happened, after the call of Abram, after the promise of Isaac, after the altar of Jacob, after the coat of Joseph, after the salvation that Egypt was in the midst of famine, after this miraculous life of Moses, after the disgrace of slavery, after the Passover and unleavened bread and the Red Sea, after the sin at Sinai, after the manna in the wilderness, after the failure of nerve of the people to enter this promised land, and finally, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, until every single man, warrior, who was there initially dies, except for Joshua. A single connection from an old faithful, old and unfaithful generation to a new and hopefully braver generation. Taken wholesale, after all that has happened, there is really only one place to stand by the time we get to this story. That Israel is truly God's beloved people, brought here again to this land of milk and honey, a land to possess, a land of our own. Through thick and thin, God has guided us. Through plague and Passover, God has sustained us, God's people. Through wilderness and streams of water, God has guided us, God's people. And here we are again at the doorstep of the promised land. Here we are again at the doorstep of the good life. Here we are again at the, at the doorstep of the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The grandchildren of that original generation cling to us, their parents, as we step bravely, one faithful foot after the other, through the dry Jordan River bed. We have been in the desert. We grew up here in the desert. We know nothing but the hardships of our ch childhood. We know nothing but the wilderness, but we do know that the wilderness has nothing for us. If we are God's people, nobody knows it. We survive. We don't thrive. We survive barely on this daily bread that we call manna. It, it shows up 
on what would be our lawns if we were so wealthy as to live in a place that actually grew grass. Our food does come from the ground, but it can't be saved. Pickling and preserving are totally out of the question. We don't get to plan ahead for what we need. We have to live one day at a time. One day at a time. Like addicts, we live this way. We are trying to recover, it seems, from the red mortar of the empire that flows through our blood, detoxing one day at a time from providing for ourselves the way that we did in Egypt, the way we tried to. We live one day at a time like infants do. Knowing that our mom is right there with that milky white goodness of life. And, and depending on the day, we see ourselves in this or the other way, right? On good days, we see ourselves as infants. We are, yes, <laughs> receiving providence, care from a parent who loves us. We are trusting children. But on bad days, we see ourselves as addicts, ungrateful for our daily bread, hoping for something else, grumbling for the very thing that gives us life. This is what the desert does to us. It tempts us. This is what the desert does to us. It, it tries us. It, it, it hones in on our shame and on our guilt and, and on our pain. It hones in. Even in the pain that we never caused, the pain that we inherited. It's our shame that we carry is like, it's like young Germans <laughs> who never were Nazis, but whose grandparents were. It's a generational shame that we carry in these unknown open spaces. We don't like it here. We don't like not knowing where we're going, wandering around, but it's, it's kind of the only place we know, and so we cling to it. We don't like this punishment that we have inherited through our genealogy or our, our DNA, but it's ours. <laughs> we are those people. We are the people that God chose to be with. But we are also the children of a sinful generation. We are them, the, the children of Yahweh, promised a land, but given a desert for our disobedience. Surely the Egyptians have taunted us by now. Surely they are vindicated in saying that their God brought them out to the wilderness to die. For we have died. Or at least our parents have. 
without eating from the promised land. Some say that they were cowards. Others of us say that they were smart. Depending on who you ask, who can really say? What would you do if you had to take on giants? Of course, that was the point, right? The point was that we didn't have to fight the giants. Our parents didn't have to fight, but God was going to give the victory. But that generation took too much responsibility for the victory. And they got scared. They had a lot to lose, they decided, as well as a lot to gain. Why try again after all that they had been through? Was not Pharaoh a giant that they had already beaten? They were tired already, our parents were. Our story is a little bit different, but also it's like exactly the same. The same blood flows through our veins We have to cross the same body of water again on dry ground. We have the same circumcision that was required at Sinai. We are eating the same Passover meal in preparation. We have the same warnings to keep the covenant, to be brave, to trust God will bring the victory. Our leader takes off his shoes on the same holy ground. We are recreating their story in our present. We're reliving their footsteps, hoping this time not to follow in them. Because we are being recreated. We are being redreamed. We are being reclaimed, reoriented, restored. That's why we're here. We're the redo. We're the redo. Which tells us at least that we do have something to learn from our parents about what they did not do. Have you ever looked at your parents with... (laughs) Such awe at how awful they must have been to make the choices that they made. We do. We could have grown up here in this land where we have spent five minutes before the manna stopped because there was so much food we didn't need it anymore. From day one, there was so much food. It was amazing. That first meal, that first meal, (laughs) it was like heaven on earth. It was like a different flavor, a different texture after 40 years of manna. It was like ice cream on a 105 degree day when you've never tasted ice cream before. It must have tasted something like what manna tasted like to our parents the first time they ate it. When it first tasted like provision. 
back before it became old and, and maggot-filled manna. It, it's an ancient meal for dead people. But this meal, this first meal in the promised land, man, it really made us think. And it made us mourn. Were we not good enough children to fight the giants for? Then now we must fight our own battles for our own children? course. I mean, we know, at least we've learned in therapy, our parents' choices were not about us. Of course, we know in our head that they had their own issues, and we but even now, grown up, it's hard to think that that's the case. It's hard to believe it. Because I was still just a child when it happened. And my life would have been so different. Even now that they are gone, even now, because of their choices, now, now we must do this alone. We must adult (laughs) on our own. We must grow into the people that, that they were supposed to be. And we have to do it alone. We were supposed to follow, and now we have to lead where our parents failed to. We must have that faith that God will fight our battles. Instead of being afraid of the empires of the land, we have to. We have to march around them. We have to infiltrate their walls. We must move at the sound of God's voice, and we must We must be very, very, very strong and courageous. Though we have no examples and no role models to cite in our footnotes, our present circumstance demands our calling on a strength that we have never known, that we've never sourced, but we must trust we'll be there because we have to do better. We have to do better for this generation and for the next. Here we are. We're entering the promised land. We're not there yet, but our feet are here. Our feet are here in the land, on this soil that produces food which at this moment feels like more of a miracle than manna ever was. Our feet are here on this, on this hope that we will repent of the sins of our parents, that we will listen this time to God and to the few leaders like Joshua who have always trusted God. Our feet are here on this faith that our children will not have to inherit the work of their parents. The work their parents never did. But that God can accomplish the victory in our own lives because we are willing servants. We carry with us the shame of another generation, but God 
God is rolling it away. Here at Gilgal, where we repeat the practices of our parents as we become adherent to the covenant of God, as we circumcise our hearts and our bodies and let our minds be renewed and restored and redeemed as we grow up from our mother's milk of manna and eat the wholesome food of the promised land. We must be adulting, for we are not and cannot be subject to our addictions anymore. But our appetites have to be and are being redeemed. Can you smell it? That roasted grain, it's more textured and more smoky and more savory than manna ever was. Can you see it? The produce of the land that we are to inherit, the cities that we are to claim for God and God's purposes. Can you hear it? Gilgal. The name, the place where God takes away our shame so that Egypt can no longer taunt us or accuse us anymore because it has been taken away. Can you feel it? The bravery, the courage, the resolve, the awe welling up inside you of what we are to do, of what we must do, but that, that in spite of all that has happened, that we are still God's people. Can you taste it? The bitter herbs and the, and the bread, the unleavened bread that we are eating. Of sure, it's, it's, it's a story. It t- it's telling us a story. It's not even our story. We weren't there, but we, we do it anyway. We have to remember this story. It's somehow crucial for us to keep present if we are to succeed in this land. Our feet are here. Our feet are here, and they are only here. This is the only place we get to be. This is the only life we get to live This is our chance. This is our chance to to repent, to leave the desert for good, to grow up. Because there's only one place to stand in this story and in our lives, and it's right here, that we are God's beloved children And we are here again today with a chance of a redo. A chance to enter the promised land. Let us pray. Let us pray that we have the strength and courage to finally do it. Let's pray. God of patient love, 
you await the return of the wayward and wandering and eagerly embrace them in pardon. Through baptism, you have clothed us with the glory of Christ and restored our inheritance. Give us generous hearts to welcome all who seek a place at the table of your unconditional love, even ourselves. Amen.